It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. Everybody, happy holiday season. This is the Lookout Landing Podcast, your first gift of this time of year. We are thrilled to deliver it to you, all wrapped up and delivered in a beautiful package. Uh, my name is Matthew Robertson, host of this show. You can find me on Twitter at MRoberson22. And I'm joined today, as per usual, by my right and left hand people. Uh, I think, actually, Kate, are you left handed? You might, you can get first dibs on left hand. Yes, I, I am, in fact, left handed. So great. So Kate is my left hand person. John Troopin, my right hand person. Although I've seen John play some wiffle ball slash softball, and he's got a sweet left handed swing. So you kind of go both ways, I guess. Yeah, classic uh, lefty at spirit in pitching as well, but uh, unfortunately right-handed, so not nearly as good. That's true. One of the the few crafty righties to ever play the game of baseball. <laughs> it's almost almost like a medical anomaly. Yeah, it, it feels it feels that way. I've been under some studies, part of, part of a few case studies, so they're looking into it. Beautiful. Well, we are here today. We're gonna talk a little bit of baseball because. We were anticipating having nothing to talk about given the slowness of this offseason. So today's episode is going to feature 
a draft of ballpark food, which we will get to later. That was sort of the idea for like, okay, nothing to talk about. We got to get an episode out there. Let's do this. But before we get to that, Jerry Depoto snuck some news into the into our lives right as we were about to record. Uh, the Mariners have signed one Chris Flexen, former New York Mets pitcher who was recently in the Korean League. Uh, I, as I was telling John and Kate before we started, was sort of, I had no feelings about this deal when I first saw it come across. And now I thought it was like a classic, like, oh, okay, Jerry signed another, like, Brady Lale, Walker Lockett, like one of those guys. And then I read how good he was in Korea and also the details of this contract. And I'm like, okay, this is, it doesn't seem like anything can go catastrophically wrong here. You know what I mean? How do you guys feel about Chris Flexen, who the Mariners signed, I should mention, to a two-year, $4.75 million deal this morning? With some interesting, we should probably, while we're talking deal, things about the deal, like there are some interesting um, little tidbits about the signing that kind of indicate uh, he will be a, it's like a $600,000 signing bonus, um, $1.4 in 21, 2.75 in 2022, and then there's a club option. I thought that was interesting. Um, so this isn't like just kind of the one-year prove-it deal that I expected. Um, and honestly, I feel like it's a little rich for a guy who sucked pretty hard here and then was good in Korea, but also the quality of play in Korea is um, uh, sig- pretty significant, pretty pretty significant drop-off from MLB. I think that's fair to say. I would pin it more on like the double A not quite triple a level um so yeah he's he's got great numbers in the kbo but you have to definitely take that with a grain of salt um there's also a vesting option at 8 million at 150 innings pitched in 2022 uh or 300 in 21 and 22 so all of that definitely indicates that they are looking at him as a starter which I don't know what that means for Justin Dunn and Nick Marjevicus, whose name I have to remember how to say. Margavicius. Uh, Margavicius. Nicky Marge. Let me just call him Nicky Marge. Uh, but so, yeah, definitely they're, they're making an investment in him. Obviously, they see something in his pitch mix, in his uh, track man data or whatever they have that uh, that they like. But... I remain sort of um, whelmed by the signing. Yeah, we had a we had a good write up from uh, Michael Ajetto, um on the site, uh, and it really did turn me around too because I, I felt similarly to you, Matthew. Of like, I actually watched a decent amount of Chris Flexen just because I do some writing for the Mets as well and do some prospect stuff for them on occasion. Um, about the Mets, not for the Mets, but, um, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's always been a little bit more interesting than the average, like 24 to 26 year old, but it's also like, you know, that kind of guy is often like, a Chris Heston or, uh, Rob Whalen, you know, like kind of guy where it's like, yeah, this could be. An end of the rotation starter, if you you know, if it works out, but flexing. but more than likely, they're Chris Heston or Rob Whalen, both of right. who were spectacular sort of failures with the Mariners. Right. Well, and and it's like you know, usually out of this kind of guy, you get like 
you know, maybe you'll have a year where they're sort of decent or you'd have something like what you got from Nick Margavich's last year where it's like, you know, and, and Margavich's is sort of in that group in many ways where it's like there's not really that separating factor. Uh, for Flexen, he's got the velocity. Like he is a is a mid-90s consistently guy. And the way that he has adjusted his um, – you know, his release and his rotation, it is a very modern, you know, good fastball, really good near 12-6 curveball. Um, it's very, very, and, and good spin on the curveball as well. I mean, he has been really, really impressive. And yeah, the KBO is not um, exactly up to MLB standard, but I think the common thread there is pitchers have come over with more success from the KBO than hitters um, because the traits that work for a pitcher um, you know will work against any hitter and the traits that uh, you know work for a uh, hitter against an 88 mile per hour fastball aren't going to necessarily work as well against uh, the best of uh, you know 95 consistently so uh, I'm interested I think the contract is really good just in terms of, you know, gives the Mariners a ton of control, a ton of options, gives them, you know, if you're paying $2 million to a guy to be a decent reliever, that's not terrible, you know. And yeah. uh, it, you know, if he's better than that, he's 26. And suddenly you've got, you know, the prime years, quote-unquote, of an uh, of interesting player. That's basically my take on it as well. This seems a lot better than, like, taking a risk on, like, a Garrett Richards, which is a name that... For some reason, I can't really figure out. We, I feel like people, Mariners Twitter, Mariners fans at large are like really interested in signing Garrett Richards. Uh, I personally don't want any part of that. It just seems like a bad idea. So this to me is much more like palatable. Like we've all been kind of been saying, like the the risk of it like completely imploding is very low. Like the money is such that like even if he is a catastrophic failure, we're not set back the way we are if we were to sign. Garrett Richards or like a Lance Lynn or someone who could like regress slash have a really bad injury. So yeah, I'm whelmed by it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he like, you know, pans out to be like a really solid number three starter. That to me seems like kind of his ceiling. And if we get that, it's just another like feather in the Jerry DePoto cap. And if not, like, oh, well, you know, there's, there will be another Chris Flexen at some point too. It's not like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity sort of thing that we had to pounce on. I'd also like to point out, like, the deal is really interesting um, because it's not a huge financial commitment. It's uh, It's got a lot of flexibility on the ends where if he does well, then he's rewarded, but it doesn't lock the team into anything. I would consider it a pretty team-friendly contract. Um, I thought it was a little generous for Flexen considering, you know, his resume. So something that I think deserves being pointed out is like he is one of the very few pitchers in the world uh, right now when you consider all of baseball as, a, as an aggregate who has a full workload because Korea got their coronavirus situation under control and uh, and got to have a season. So he is a rarity on the market or a commodity, I would say, in the fact that he has a full season, um, so he will be kind of up to speed. So if things aren't going well for the Mariners, 
maybe they're ready to bring up some of the pitching prospects. The prospects are moving along more quickly than anticipated. The big league team is flagging, which I feel like is very possible. I think the Mariners are going to get beaten up by everybody, not the, not the Astros, but everybody else in the division. The Angels are loading up to do some damage. The Astros are always the Astros. And, uh, um, did you mean to say the Rangers? Yeah, I the the Rangers will not beat them beat right. up the okay, Mariners. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah Everybody I else in the that. AL West will beat up on the Mariners. I think we'll finish in fourth place again. Um so they have the option to trade him and he might be an appealing candidate if clubs who don't have starters who had a full workload who are re- having a hard time readjusting if those guy if they need a guy down the stretch. So that's something to think about too. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the other news of the week, which is the complete shakeup of the minor leagues. Uh, it's quite sad. A lot of teams were told that basically like they're done, like the West Virginia Power were probably the most um R. most R. like in re- yeah. RIP toast man. They're the ones who like most affect sort of the Mariners situation. They were a Mariners affiliate in 2019 and then when the shutdown happened, they were kind of a casualty of that. Um, I know there's other teams that have also been told that they are going to basically have to cease operations. I just don't know who those teams are. As I don't know, like, who the Diamondbacks single-A affiliate is, you know. But uh, it is really sad. Like, this is a, a real problem, I think, for baseball because there's really no way to not do the minor leagues. Like, it is truly as much of as much a part of the game as the big leagues like obviously the big leagues is the goal that's what makes the money that's what everyone wants to do but you you literally cannot get there without the minor leagues and to lose like 11 or 12 teams whatever the number is is a pretty pretty big deal right and you guys are obviously the minor league experts so you might have a better understanding of it but when i saw it i was very bummed not only because of the west virginia power who I had grown to at least be aware of but just like the people in those towns also and like what this means for you know, a lot of like, even you saw Taiwan Walker, I think, tweeted about it because uh, Clinton, the Lumber Kings and Jackson both also got shut down. And he was like, I played for both of those teams. Like, this is wild. Like, that was a huge part of my journey. So the whole thing is just like very sort of alarming. You know, I don't know. How do you, how do you guys feel about this? Yeah, the Lumber Kings specifically had been at that ballpark for uh, I looked it up once. It was a I mean, I, I looked up this information when they made the move from Clinton to West Virginia, which was definitely like an upgrade as far as affiliation went. Um, but it was sad too, because the, they'd been in Clinton for a really long time and that team had been around for a long time and it had a lot to do with the history. Lumber Kings comes from the fact that Clinton, Iowa produced a lot of lumber and they had lumber barons, uh, which is who Louis the Lumber King, their mascot was, um, there are some really super beautiful houses in Clinton, Iowa that were built by these like lumber magnets at the turn of the century. So it's, you're losing a a piece of the community. You're losing a part of the history. You're losing the way that MILB teams interact with that history and make it live through even something like their naming. Would I have known about the lumber barons in Clinton, Iowa? Otherwise, I would not have. So, I mean, it's really... And I'm not, like, a a super patriot, I would say, but it is... 
I I do love America and small town America, and it's sad to me to be losing these pieces of it. Um, not to mention the people who are suffering now because baseball is just that much further out of their reach. Where do you go if you live in Iowa and you want to see a baseball game? Yeah, yeah oh, that's a great point. It is, I think, the the fact that the Lumber Kings, first off, their mascot, I appreciate that, you know, very plausible cover story. It's Dan Altavilla. We can we can just say it. It's Dan Altavilla. <laughs> I think there was a rebrand maybe after he came through town. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. But, I mean, that same stadium was the stadium that they started in in 1937 when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers affiliate. And prior to that, they still existed back to 1895. Like, you know, I, 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 this is a somewhat of a personal thing, but like, I love the fact that baseball, among many other things, and it has plenty of horrible things about its history, but the fact that you can at least trace back the history of so many baseball teams uh, so far back in the past, and you can see how cities and how communities have developed and uh, you know i think that's a wonderful thing and you know i never really lived in a small town until recently and they always had mlb baseball really or major league baseball very available to me but like i get the positives of making much more geographically cohesive uh development for teams and i think that's good for mlb but yeah I think definitely for... not sending 19 year olds all over the country mm-hmm. is on yeah. cross-country flights is is the one upshot of this yeah. whole thing I like think. seattle is now going to have their recent draftees go either to arizona or to uh modesto california and then they'll go to everett uh, and then they'll go to, you know, the big trip down to Arkansas and play in Texas and, you know, southern U.S. And then they'll go to Tacoma and then they'll go to Seattle. Like, you're never going to be going all the way to the East Coast and having to, you know, be way out of whack. But in terms of actual baseball fandom in a larger sense, I mean, it, it is a huge bummer because, you know, I think there's a lot of there's constantly the like baseball is dying stuff and most of it is hooey but you do want baseball to be accessible to people and to be engaging to people uh at all price ranges and all geographic ranges because that's how you get people to continue wanting to play baseball and care about baseball and keep those families and and individuals engaged and it's a it's a loss it's a big it just feels like um like a broader symptom of the Amazonification of current society where everything is condensed. And whereas you might've once had 10 providers for something, now you have two, like the growth of big business and monopolies. And, um, you know, it's, you still have a choice, but it's not as much of a choicey choice and it's not as local a choice. And, um, Whereas we can put up another indie bookstore and we can all support it in a community, you can't really do that with a baseball team. Like, once the baseball team is gone, they're gone. Like, I don't know what the residents of Clinton, Iowa, or uh, 
I was thinking Beloit, but I think Beloit gets to keep their team. There was a lot of damage done, particularly. Uh, yes, lots of damage done, particularly I think in the Midwest, where your options are much more spread out and much more limited. Yeah, and uh, shout out to our guy Brian on Twitter at a player to be named later. Uh, we hear you. You just said it's a sad day for baseball. Can you put that in the form of a question? Um, I guess the answer is yes. It is a sad day for baseball. I would say if it was a question, my question would be why is MLB inherent on or intent on bringing all these teams under their umbrella to exert more control of, over them? Um, and my expectation is it's going to cause better outcomes for players it better like shorter trips less time on buses more time in beds um better food more control uh better pay eventually and if it doesn't i think we need to continue to raise hell as baseball fans i mean Um, frankly one one potential outcome of this is less time in the minor leagues which i mean is sounds a little bit like counterintuitive to what i've been saying you know and to what we've all been saying but like i think it is sort of a challenge it's not really a huge deal but it is sort of a challenge for baseball that like unlike football unlike football unlike basketball like the biggest talents in the sport at, at the prep and and college level functionally disappear from national view again for yes two to five years before they reemerge, and and you know, I mean, a big part of that is just like college baseball is not as big a deal. Like, it's never going to be as big a deal, but like, it would be. I think there's so much more interest just at a base level in baseball fandom in prospects now. I think it would be a huge impact in the entry point of like, I know Seahawks fans care a ton about the draft every year. Like, I know basketball fans do the same thing. Like it would be a huge, it'd be a huge way to get another event and another layer of enthusiasm in that. Um, So maybe that is a possible outcome as well. Yeah. And if you're going to take players away from these minor league affiliates where hometown fans make connections with those players and follow them, you know, there are a ton of fans in, Little Rock, Arkansas, who were Angels fans because they saw Mike Trout come through there. They were Mariners fans because they saw, you know, everyone who was on that Arkansas Travelers team in 2019 come through. So, um, which also I think makes us better as a baseball community because then you have people who aren't just tied to one particular team, but they're following players through the league. So they have just a greater degree of investment as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if this is all setting up something where the minor leagues become more visible, more talent is drawn to the sport, more talent is appreciated during its time in the minors, and it becomes a more appealing option for players who are like, meh, maybe I don't want to go get my body broken on a football field, but I also don't want to ride a bus for four years and then maybe not ever get a payday out of that. So just like balancing those two a little could be, could be a, a, a good thing to come out of this. Hundo P. All right. I want to get to one more question before we start the draft. Uh, Cause I actually have an answer for you at RBI shop, uh, AKA Ryan Bishop. 
Uh, Ryan, you said with baseball being out of the 2024 Olympics and breakdancing being in, which Mariner now has an improved chance of making the Olympics in 2024? Uh, the answer is Zach Groats. Kate, you alerted me to Zach Groats and his breakdancing ability. There's actual video evidence of that this. That is true. Yes, Zach Groats is, is a breakdancer. Sure Pretty is. good so, one, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's Olympic level, but... I would say he has a much better chance of making the Olympics now because he sure as hell wasn't going to make the baseball team. So, Zach Groats, congratulations. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what Olympic-level breakdancing looks like. I'm mad that breakdancing is making it in before uh, baseball, for sure. But It is very silly. It feels like a rejected SNL sketch, (laughs) but... Whatever. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. That's the thing. Like, I'm. I have genuine curiosity for like, what is Olympic breakdancing? How do you judge this? And also, like, because the, there's like the amateurism thing, right? Like, if you're in the Olympics, you can't be like a professional. But like, also, does that eliminate the Jabberwockies who like have been getting paid to breakdance forever? Because they would just win immediately. Oh yeah, 100. I you can't get you can't be a pro, right? But I feel like that's unfair to the Jabberwockies. Like if anyone should be Olympic <laughs> breakdancers, it, it is them. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings. Skateboarding is going to be the same way. They have skateboarding in the Olympics now too. And I feel like, I mean, if you're sponsored, like if you literally have like a Red Bull skateboard, that means you're technically professional. So that's going to wipe out a lot of options for the skateboarding. I feel like it's going to be I, mostly teenagers. I could be wrong. I don't think that's an Olympic thing. I think that is a U.S. Like yeah. some U.S. team. Some U.S. sports okay. specifically don't. Like MLB, it was like a contractual thing of they wouldn't let like pro or like MLB players play. Like Yeah, Team one. USA can only be players who are not on a 40-man roster, which is okay. absolutely like, like garbage. Like the NBA sends yeah, know, the dream LeBron. team, like man. They, you know, like that's that's those are pros. Like so, right? I, I, I thought I, the NBA was the only exception, but I don't know shit about the Olympics. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're in the clear. I think we can get Zach Rhodes, who is unfortunately a free agent now. I believe, ah, but yeah. uh, still. So are we are we picking a player who we think could be on the? On the Olympic team? Sure, if you've got one. I mean, Zach Rhodes was my only answer because um, just there's actual proof that he can break dance. But Wait, are we picking one mind, break? We're picking for break dancing. Who do we think could break dance? The question was who now has an improved chance of making the Olympics. So implying uh, that yes, they okay. they have a better chance of break dancing than playing baseball, which is now not even in the Olympics. Ooh, I mean. D can dance. He's not really technically a mariner anymore, I guess. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe D could if we're talking about the breakdancing team. Yeah, I wonder what kind of body. This is like another thing that I'm kind of genuinely curious to learn about. Because with the Olympics, one of the fun things is like you learn very quickly. Like, okay, like people are literally like phased out of this sport because they are too big like gymnasts are like tiny and very muscular you know and like swimmers have those really long torsos and long limbs so it becomes clear like okay you were never going to be in that if you don't have that body but breakdancing I feel like you could get a wide range I also have no idea what I'm talking about so if there's any breakdance experts out there please get at me because I would love to learn more about this new Olympic sport
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get to the draft then, the real main event. Uh, we are going to draft ballpark food, specifically at T-Mobile slash Safeco Field. Um, this was an idea that we had been kicking around, and credit to John who decided to make it Safeco Field slash T-Mobile specific so we can do our best to sort of recreate that feeling of being at the ballpark for y'all. If it goes the opposite way and just makes you miss it even more, then I'm sorry. It was John's idea, like I said. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to choose from too. Like, I'm curious to see how specific you guys get and like what your preferred options are. Um, I should also point out before we really get into this, like there are several other podcasts that draft things. Like, I don't want to take credit for this like we definitely are not pioneers by any stretch of the imagination um if you want a podcast that is specifically people drafting things that are not sports related i would recommend all fantasy everything a wonderful podcast but we are not trying to like compete with them by any stretch of the imagination or like step on their turf this was just a fun thing we wanted to do um and we should also discuss draft order i was gonna let kate go first because i don't want to get fired so um (laughs) You no, can, I go. I go last. That's you want to go that, last. Yeah, that's my um, that's leadership, man. I put okay. I put my employees first. Okay, so then you would probably go two in a row, then, right? I feel like we should go. Yeah, snake, snake draft. draft. Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. Okay. So then, John, do you want to go first? I'm happy to be in the middle. Uh, I am happy to go first. Okay. So yeah, I think basically. The rules are any food you can get in or around the stadium. I feel like we should also include that walk up to the stadium. Whoa, whoa. This was not discussed. This was not discussed. Okay, it was not discussed. I just just thought it was all part of the same package. But we can cross it out. We can cross it out. Well, it would would dramatically change my order. Yeah, no, that's a whole other draft. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah. I'll, Plus, I'll I don't know what is still there. Anymore. Right. That's the other thing. It's like El Camion would be my answer, but like they weren't there for like a year, and I don't know if that's just was a temporary thing. That's because they followed me home to West Seattle. They are now at the base of the um uh, uh I don't know how to describe it base of Brace Point. Um, yeah. Literally they're, they're down the street from me, and I think so once something gets to West Seattle. At this point, it just doesn't leave. So, <laughs> um, sorry to all the El Camion fans out there. That is a, a, a very fair that. So my my first pick, um, it is a pretty simple one, but just a, an absolute classic. It is the 
uh, nacho fries uh, from the uh, Edgar's uh, down in the pen, uh, down like right by the entrance uh, to Safeco uh, yeah. from the north side. Um, the key there is you get excellent, uh, you can get some excellent meat on top, you get excellent uh, mixture fries. The bang for your buck is among around the best in the park in my opinion that's going to influence my picks very heavily as well right it's it's just like you get a ton of fries you get a ton of toppings pico de gallo guacamole just you know the works no no extra charge for guac um wow the first overall pick is not even one that i had on my list amazing well the wow the, the the real key here is i think Almost everywhere else seems to, if you're getting nachos, it's like the only place you can get nachos where you can get the not horrific cheese. Yeah. You get like actual good cheese. And if you get the fries, because of the way ballpark nachos are served, unless you just tip it over into your mouth immediately, like you're going to have horribly soggy chips at the bottom, like no matter how quick you eat. But if you get fries... You're not really sweating that as much because the fries are already, you know, better suited for that. So you get a fork, you know, and you just kind of prep to eat some of it. I think, you know, when I just show up on a day, that's my like go to like I'll eat this and I don't need to eat another thing the rest of the night. I like that pick. I had just the regular nachos from Edgar's on my list. I, I don't know if I've really had the fries too much. Why are you a fry guy over a chip guy? Is it just the sogginess it's thing the that you talked about? It's, I mean, I like my normal, I love normal nachos. It's just that because of like the small sort of like trip container and the like weight of the toppings mm-hmm. and the meat and everything, like you're going to have soggy, you know, and they're not chip. like and your, I hate soggy your chips. They're not your homemade thick tortilla chips no, either. Like no. they're those thin, papery ballpark yeah. tortilla which are, chips, which are like which... solid for scooping. If you had like salt, you know, salsa or whatever. But this does this. They they wilt. So the fries, yeah. I think it's I think it's really solid, and I think the cheese is legitimately very good, um, which is like could not be further from the case anywhere else in the park. Okay, great pick. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that includes all nachos right does that feel fair to everyone like was anyone gonna take nachos that are like the (laughs) shitty version okay no the shitty nachos are like dead last on my power maybe my last pick yeah okay yeah beautiful all right then for my first overall pick i'm going to take a fairly recent addition to the ballpark and one that i'm curious to see how they handle now that its namesake is not on the team anymore but i'm gonna take the vogie hoagie (sighs) i think it's I think it is, like, even if it wasn't at the ballpark, I think it's, like, really good, which to me is, like, a good measuring stick for ballpark food. I would would order that outside of the ballpark, yes, for sure. It's so freaking good. And, like John said, pretty solid bang for your buck. I feel like a lot of things, especially sandwiches or any sort of, like, burger, like, anything between bread, I feel like you don't really get a lot most of the time, but the Vogie Hoagie is substantial. Like, you get a decent amount of food for a fair price. It's like a, like, I don't want to say gourmet, you know, but, like, I'm looking at the ingredients now. Prime rib with jalapeno bacon. There's some Tillamook cheddar on there. Chipotle aioli and avocado crema. Don't even totally know what some of that stuff is, which tells me that it's really good. 
I love it. I've never had a bad experience with the Vogie Hoagie. But well, I will like say I said, I've had one that was not as good as another one where they oh no. ran out of cilantro. And I think the cilantro is a is a key factor. It like nice. it was missing just a couple little things. And those things alone changed the whole complexion of the sandwich. And it was no longer transcendent. So I've had two transcendent Vogie Hoagies and one on a busy a night bummer. that was kind of like meh. It is usually huge. I have had not the same, but. They either ran out of crema or the aioli, and it was just dry meat on the bread, and that was like, yeah, the saucing is really important. Speedy, like this is no good. Um, But no, on the whole, absolutely with you there. It's it's a it's a hit. I hope they find a way to keep that. I feel like you can just keep it as is. Like you can honor a Vogel back, even if it is kind of weird that he's like still an active player. You know, right. like Do, that I could mean, be. Could we he comes back like to a, the AL? Could we get like the same thing, but like on Texas toast, and just have it be like the Flexen Texan? Like, oh, just, there you go. Hire John T-Mobile Park. Yeah, <laughs> hire me to rhyme foods. I will <laughs> absolutely take that. Take this uh, extra work. All right, Vogie Hoagie is off the board. Uh, Next time you're at T-Mobile Park, check it out. Sultan of Sandwich, also a great name. That's where it is located. Uh, All right, I'm going to go a little... That would have been my overall pick, I think, because I do do enjoy that. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and take something... It's a little pricier as far as, like, it's, it's not widely available and take the mac and cheese from the sweet level. Fuck! (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was gonna be my next pick. I didn't think anyone was gonna take that. That's a great pick. Uh, I mean, the only thing that is, and I feel like with the third pick in the draft, you're you're usually you're dealing with some limitations, and the limitation is going to be that you have to find a way to get on the sweet level, uh, right. which means conning someone, going late in the game. Uh, sometimes you can buy an upgrade at the ballpark that allows you access to the sweet level if it's not a. Not sweet level. What am I talking about? Club level. Club level. Uh, no, no. You cannot get to the sweet level by hook or crook uh, if you don't have one of those tickets. That they are pretty protective about. But usually you can you can kind of work your way up to the club level. Um, where you will find the mac and cheese stand, which for me is a winner because it is probably the best dollar to fullness Absolutely. Uh, that you will get at the ballpark. Like, I can get a small mac and cheese and be totally fine and full. Uh, if I'm really, really hungry, I get the large one, which is still only going to set you back, like, it's 10 bucks, 12 bucks, something like that. So on par with everything else in the ballpark, but delicious, creamy, ooey-gooey mac and cheese, the good cheese. And then what really sets it apart is the toppings, and they're very generous with the toppings. Um, you, it rotates. I like to get pulled pork when they have it, but there's bacon. I usually put a little broccoli on because I'm trying to be healthy somewhat. Sure. Sure, uh, sure, but, sure. you know, sometimes just go full indulgence and go for, like, three different meats. There's hot sauces. Uh, I always put a ton of black pepper on. It is absolutely, I think... Uh, and then also you're on the club level, so like everything is kind of chill anyway. You just sit there and and enjoy your creamy, gooey deliciousness. They have the cheap cans too, when the uh, like the special cans. 
the special priced cans. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get out of there for around 15 bucks and totally be full, comforted, cold winter, cold April night at the ballpark. It's absolutely a, a, a go-to. I will get a club level seat just so that I can have access to the mac and cheese stand. Which is smart. That does like that plays into your whole night and like the amount of money you're spending. Like if you're going to shell out for the club level, you want to make sure you get like of the full experience. So I get it. I haven't had it very much, but when I did, I had a friend one summer who was working at the stadium. So he was able to get us into the club level. And he was like, you absolutely have to get the Mac and cheese. And like you said, the customization part is what really sets it apart for me. Like it's definitely the most, at least in my experience, the most customizable food station in the whole park. And you can eat it over and over again, but like it's a different experience every time. So great pick Kate. So you have to make your second pick now too. And we're going four rounds just for the listeners who are playing along at home. Uh, ooh, okay, then I am going to, ooh, this works out well for me. I'm going to take the Fats Chicken Sandwich. <laughs> Which is the no, best. No, good pick. Yeah, good it pick. is a good pick because that is a damn good sandwich. I mean, we, we, I lived through the chicken wars. Um, but so brave. They, we didn't see a, a contender in the corner of the Fats Chicken Sandwich just biding its time. Uh, so good. It's a chicken thigh, which I think is key. Most chicken sandwiches are made with a chicken breast, which is dry. This is a chicken thigh, so it's juicy. Uh, it's marinated in some delicious spices, uh, breaded beautifully, little creamy mayo, little bit of spice to it, that crunchy pickle. It is house-made pickles. It is absolutely, I think, uh, hands down, my favorite newcomer to the park in a while, other than the Vogie Hoagie, uh, and just just absolutely delicious. So now, if I remember correctly, you and John actually had early access to it, right? Was that we part did. of that event that they invited you to? It was, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was our most absolute bougie sort of benefit from the largesse. Yeah, LL is not exactly <laughs> like a overflowing with perks or you know almost no. any uh sort access of no. access or none of that but uh we got we got an invite for that that was nice it was I really like to at that place at fats you can get uh grape kool-aid with gin in it yeah which, purple drank yeah yes. yeah i mean there's yeah there's some questionable things going on there maybe like was that a little too urban for the for that <laughs> station but it is really good. And like you, that's one of those things that I would have never known that I wanted until I had it, you know, like it's so good. It's a bummer that you can't bring it out of the pen though. That's yeah. the only complaint. The complaint with all the liquor in the pen, but it is, it is really nice on like a stupid hot day to have the grape Kool-Aid drink, the chicken sandwich. Maybe it's like, again, a calm day at the ballpark, not a pen overcrowded with like bros, but just just a chill day and you just hang out there and eat your sandwich and drink your spiked kool-aid and oh my god what a day what a day man miss it so much every single second of my life um okay great pick kate kate has two absolute bangers i feel like i need to match that but i also need to like go with my heart you know that's the interesting part about doing this i'm not really trying to play defense from you guys as much as i want to make sure i get a list that i'm happy with so with that in mind i think i'm going to take 
a fairly divisive pick, especially for number two for the second round. Uh, I'm just going to take the garlic fries. I still really I like them. They, I will say, here's what I will say. Like what you said about the Vogie Hoagie, they can be very hit or miss. Sometimes they are not great. Sometimes they taste just really wet, and you're basically getting all garlic, no fry. But I still really like them. I think nostalgia is a big part of it. That was like my first thing at the ballpark that I ate that was like, oh, this is cool. Because you don't really eat, at least as a child, you don't really eat garlic fries anywhere else. Yeah. So it felt like very special to be eating it and watching the game. Um, I will say like kind of tough if you're like trying to have any sort of activity post game. You yeah. know, like it's kind of a night, kind of a night ender sort of thing. <laughs> it's the, a solo snack. Very much. Yeah. Or yeah. you both have to have it. The apple that they give you is absolutely hilarious. It's like trying to yeah. stop a hurricane with an umbrella. <laughs> like it's not going to do anything at all. I um I really appreciate when a f- food service worker is especially nice and they feel like they're doing you a big solid by just ladling the clumps of garlic on top. But like less is really more where the garlic is is concerned. I think. Well, I think the I, fries are also important. If the fries are already soggy coming out, yeah. then yeah, the garlic's going to ruin it. I wish the garlic you was not enough. raw. Can I just say that? Yeah, like, I wish the no, garlic was cooked. Cooked? I would have those on yeah. my list if the garlic was cooked at all and not just pure raw garlic. Also, garlic, not only is it a breath killer, but it is a fart maker. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're going to get it on both ends from the garlic fries. So. Well, and, and Oof, they cannot game, be on my list yeah. for that. And not only both ends, but really just kind of an aura. Because, like, at a baseball game, like, especially, you know, maybe an April game or a September game, it's chilly. But, like, I sweat a fair amount at a, on a you know, at many a ballpark outing. Oh, uh, my and God. And you just exuding. It, one of the worst nights I ever had was I went to the Stinking Rose in San Francisco with a friend, and we were sharing this, like, tiny little pension-style room that was, like, a bed that was it. It, like, Thank touched you the for walls. Thank refer- you using a frame of reference that we all could <laughs> latch on to, Kate. Well, it, it was... Uh, I mean, that was what it was called. I don't know what else to call it. It's a French-style hotel or a European-style hotel. There was no bathroom in the room. Again, a problem. Uh, And the Stinging Rose is a garlic restaurant, so, like, everything was garlic. And we thought it was so fun. We were like, let's have the garlic wine. Let's have the garlic ice cream. We had so much garlic. And, like, when you eat that much garlic, it does come out of your pores, literally. (laughs) I just remember lying in that tiny little bed, both of us trying so hard not to touch each other and just the wafting garlic out of our pores yeah i mean it's an it's a miracle i can even eat garlic anymore so you have to i just don't i don't like a ballpark food that you have to approach with so much caution and even if it's cold you zip yourself up in your hoodie and then what it's just you and your garlic smell in there like disgusting no no, I mean, I'm very anti this. I've talked sure. myself into being anti this. That's fine. I'll I'll die on this hill. I just think taste wise, they're good. Everything that you've said is true, and I acknowledge it. But I still will enjoy eating garlic fries every time I'm doing it. So that is my pick. And also, there are places where you can get it as a side. That's kind of nice. You don't have to always just like eat it as the full meal. Which yeah, I you don't have to go whole hog on the garlic fries. Exactly. That's true. Although the side you get it on is a lot of times at like the skippers and then you have 
fish and chips, which then you have fish broth, which, and I like my fish with like a lot of lemon and a lot of malt vinegar. So again, it's yeah. just a, it's just a stink NATO. Yeah. I mean, we should also, I feel like we're dancing around it. None of this food is good for you at all. <laughs> yeah, like, no, this is no, not like, absolutely this is not, not. Sh- this is not like a guide to eating well at the ballpark. This is like, ignore all calories, all feelings that your body will have the next day. Yeah. This is get- like your first trip back to the ballpark in over right. a year for most of you. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Go crazy. Go, folks. go nuts. All right, John, yeah. your second round pick. Absolutely. So and your third round pick. And my third round back pick. to back. So for for ordering's sake, I'm going to go with the second rounder. Uh, and again, this is heavily leaning on the bang for the buck, and I'm going with the big cheese. Uh, and because of their rotating what? menus, the uh, pizza? No, 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 no. The oh. the grilled cheese. Uh, oh, oh dark horse yeah, yeah. i so, forgot about that so place. here's the thing about the big cheese is they're i think big only cheese. on the third level um no they're on the first level are they also on the first level okay i've only ever gotten them on the third yeah they're level. over in that corner by the um souvenir shop oh yeah they've in got right kind of a field. little bar thing actually yeah um, yeah so i've not been to that part but i have been consistently up on the 300 level which is i would say where i attend most of my games because that's the price point that i tend to take um and the fact that there is a often under ten dollar very large very filling sandwich very like excellent texas toast grilled cheese sandwich and they'll like rotate it sometimes it's pulled pork sometimes it's like a like bacon, like a BLT kind of like with cheese kind of thing. You know, it's not nothing particularly crazy, but like consistently very good. You know, I'm a huge sucker for a Texas toast grilled cheese that is just Mm. on the money. And the fact that I could get like a very satisfying meal for, I basically, I think about it of like, could I plausibly pay close to this amount of money outside of the stadium for a similar quality food, if that's the case, yes, you know, I, I and I and like it. Like that's a huge win for me. So you know, I don't know that's the best thing you'll get in the ballpark, but for the eight to eleven dollars, usually, it's very much uh, you know, especially if I don't have to walk down and back up the stairs again. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I like this pick for you because it feels very true to you and it was not stepping on any of my picks. So you can absolutely have this one. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so my next pick is, is going to depend on, uh, and we didn't entirely talk this through. Do we, are we considering drink spots um, as uh, like unique components uh, of this? Like basically what I'm asking is if we consider the, place behind home plate where you get the six dollar bodhisattvas a unique Mm. food component that would be my choice but if we don't i have a different one lined up i Uh, mean i'll allow it i'm famously it's not food it's not ballpark not food okay well we should talk about it though because that's the best place in the whole stadium you can also get get beer there we can talk about donuts there too yeah you can it's we can talk about drinks afterwards okay let's let's talk about food Okay. Let's stay on point, gentlemen. Happy, 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 fair happy, enough, happy, fair happy. enough, fair enough. Okay, uh, for number three, uh, third round, open it with Shug's, um, 
the uh, little adorable uh, soda fountain. Prosecco that... float? Are you taking the Prosecco float? Well, I mean, I guess if I have to pick one of the Prosecco float or the affogato with the, with the salted caramel ice cream, I would probably pick the Prosecco float, but I might pick the affogato. Um, I I think never... it's perfectly okay to pick an alcoholic, non-alcoholic option and have both of them. That's we'll yeah, Otis, that. We can give you the whole stand Thank here. You, you can have that whole operation. Yeah, yeah which I, I'm sad about because that was definitely next on my list. Yeah. So. I, so this was a relatively new one. I think they were new in 2019, actually. So if you didn't they get were. a chance to go, it's, it's just a lovely little, uh, you know, soda fountain um that i think is mostly on the third level but um you can get the fabulous again uh, no uh, they are on the first level they're mostly on the third level (laughs) no they are on the first level they are uh all okay they're never on the first level yes they're by center field off that wall um (sighs) by edgar's porch okay Okay. fair enough oh that's right yeah you're absolutely okay I mixed that up in the in the um, the uh, Froyo place that's like tucked in, but um, yeah, the Lopez Island ice cream, delicious. Put some prosecco on it, fabulous. Put some coffee on it, wonderful. Like the main challenge is just justifying having coffee at like nine p.m. Uh, with my ice cream while watching the Mariners lose six to four to to the A's again. I do but. not see the issue here, but okay. <laughs> but well, I don't know. Ice cream and coffee also kind of um, poop inducing, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, but like even for a rough night, if it's the garlic yeah, fries was, followed up by say, the yeah, that's really the key. it's not as odor. It's not as like uniquely odorous. Uh, yeah, maybe that affogato covers up some of the garlic, too. Yeah, yeah. And so as you mentioned, it is adorable. And I like that yeah. factor about it. Yeah, it's very much a cart, like vintage yeah, kind of Tiffany blue colored, sweet is little as twee soda as fountain. T-Mobile Park gets. Yes, absolutely. It is the tweeest spot in T-Mobes. <laughs> okay, good pick, good pick. Shout out to Shugs. Um, I feel like... So I want to go with, I feel like for me, I'm not like, I want to do things that I actually do eat. You know, like when I think of my ballpark experience, these are like the things that I go for. Cause there are some things that I've loved, but I've only ever had once or twice like Shugs. I think I maybe had that once in my entire life. Um, so for my third pick, and this is similar to the Vogie Hoagie where I would eat this outside of the ballpark. And I actually have, in fact, I'm just going to take a little Woody's hamburger or cheeseburger, whatever. A burger from little Woody's is my pick. Because it's so, like, it's my one that I go to if I don't want to think too hard, especially if I enter close to it. Like, if you come in that entrance that's already kind of right by the pen, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get a burger, and then we'll go to our seats, we'll sit there, we'll eat. And if I get, like, burger, fries, shake, I'm good for the whole game, probably. So it's kind of like the comfort food of the ballpark. Like, Ugh. garlic fries are one thing, but I just like having a burger and fries. It feels very, like, classic American ballpark. Especially experience. if you dip the fries into the shake. I enjoy True. that. True, yeah. A great move. A great move. But no, uh, I I, don't... I love the pen as a meat. I love that too for like just the overall experience of it, not just the food. Because I mean, like you said, the food you can get elsewhere. But like because the pen is so often a meetup spot, like, oh, let's meet in the pen. You go a little early, you get the happy hour beer, you get your burger, you get it all in you, and then you can like walk around the park at your leisure yeah, and kind of yeah. work that off. 
with your friends. That is a, you know, head up to the bleachers. That's a beautiful evening right there. I love, and it's very rare, but if you're early enough and it's not crowded enough, if you can do all of that, like get your food, get your drink, and then watch the pitcher warm up in the pen, that's an amazing experience. Absolutely the best. Absolutely. All right. It also really makes you wonder like how anyone hits major league pitching (laughs) when you're standing that close to it. Uh, Is it my turn? My turn again? It is. So you have, yeah, your your third and final Uh, pick. Third and final. Miss Breath. All right. uh, I'm going to go again a little off the beaten path and go with the cuckoo fries, which I really hope come back, which you have to go to the Hit It Here Cafe to get, but you can just order them and then carry them away. You don't have to sit in the Hit It Here Cafe to eat them. Uh, They are fries with togarashi spice which is like a japanese you know like chinese five spice powder it's japanese seven spice powder i'm Uh, looking at a picture of it right now does look very good pretty delicious um tobiko there's some chili there's some wasabi crema there's some chives it's delicious all those different tastes again i think this is like a good value pick because it's like 10 bucks and you get a big box of fries and uh it's pretty delicious you get a lot of different tastes going on. You can ask them to leave off the row if you are vegetarian. Um, but I enjoy the texture aspect of it, which I'm not normally like a huge fish row person, but I really like that. And it's like a little, a little fancy. So again, that's, I like that. Or um, also the homemade potato chips that you can get up. Up at the Hit It Here oh, Cafe. Oh, yeah, those are really good. With the blue cheese, the rogue, yeah. rogue blue cheese sauce oh, and bacon. Yeah. I don't know if they have those anymore. Last time I tried to get them, they were not around. So I did not draft them for that reason. But if they're around, I would say I maybe even prefer those to the cuckoo fries. The cuckoo fries are cool, too, because that feels very unique to T-Mobile Park. Totally. Can't imagine there's a lot of other places that no. have cuckoo fries. Mm-mm. That's a... The, and uh, it's Ethan Stowell who does a lot of this stuff, so it also feels like a little bit kind of, yeah, like specific to the Northwest, specific to our culture, specific to um, Seattle. So, yeah, that... And then, what, I need one more pick, and John took my Shugs, which was going to be my fourth pick, so I had, like, a perfect meal. The mac and cheese, the chicken sandwich, the cuckoo <laughs> fries, and the, the sweet. Um, the smart thing for me to do here would be to draft the, the, sand, the cookie sandwich or the donuts, but honestly, I do not love those. Uh, yeah, I never get those. I get the donuts if I'm already in that beer line and I'm yeah. like, well, I'm already here. <laughs> so I'm going to draft the Grand Salami Sandwich, which is mm. it, it, too much. I mean, I'm overloading my team here. With It, it doesn't all go together. I've, I've signed two right-handed power-hitting first basemen <laughs> with the Grand Salami Sandwich, but I cannot let it pass without mention because it is truly a delicious sandwich so much salami marble rye and then what really makes it for me is the grainy mustard because it's again a texture thing and i think it hits that like very filling uh while at a still reasonable price point for me so i was torn between that and going with the staple and fancy pizza the pepperoni jalapeno pineapple which is my favorite combination 
Uh, but I think just for, and honestly, the, I order the pizza more, but if I'm needing, if I, if I'm needing a meal, like a ballpark meal, yeah, the, the grand salami sandwich will definitely, you will not need to eat anything else. I'm glad you said that though about pizza. Cause my problem with pizza at a ballpark is you're either going to get like one giant slice for like $9 and yes. you're like, well, that's not really dinner. Or you get one of those like little tiny, like it's like a full pizza in heavy quotation marks, but it's like for a child, yes. you know, like that's not filling either. And it's a worse quality. So yeah, T-Mobile Park has a pizza vacancy for sure. Like they need to figure out a way to give you more pizza for a reasonable price. Yeah, Cause it's, well, it's thin. The Ethan stole. Um, whatever it's called, the pizza that's there. What is that called? I have it right. I think it's just called Ballard Pizza. Ballard Pizza, yeah. Again, yeah. that's Stoll's, I think. And it's thin crust, which again is good, but not filling enough. But is a good price point. So when I feel like I can't shell out the $12, but I can shell out 8 or $9, which what am I even thinking? At that point, just just take, just spend the $12 and be full. Right, um, but a lot of that's a lot of times my go-to move there. Um, is there? Am I correct in remembering that you can get like a half-price pizza before in the pen, like before, the, like until an hour before game time, in addition Ooh. to the half-price beer? I thought that was correct. no. I don't think I thought, so. I mean, if that was a deal, I've never come across it. I I thought that that was it, but I I could be wrong. It could also just be only like college night or something like that, but like. Maybe yeah, maybe I, it's a college I had night. Some thing. recollection of that, where it was like, yeah, the that pizza, like that pen pizza, is specifically good when it's at that price point. But I agree wholeheartedly on your uh, sort of framing of it. it. Was like it's not worth it otherwise. You know what I've learned from this is when I go back to T-Mobile, I'm not going to be as concerned about like. Oh, I should get the thing that's like $3 cheaper. I should get the thing that's like a little bit... I should get the impossible sausage, which I thought about drafting in this. You have to get the peppers and onions grilled, but it's like, oh, I should I should draft that as something that's a little bit... No, no, no. I'm going to be indulgent with my choices right. for all well, of 2021. Yeah, because we missed the whole year of spending money at yeah, the ballpark, so absolutely. you have that money ready to go. Yeah, I've been sitting, I've been sitting Scrooge McDuck like on this pile of, except it's not gold coins; it's more like dimes and <laughs> maybe a few like washers. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, I've been saving this up. I'm not gonna take my days at the ballpark for granted ever again. Uh, and yeah, just just invest in good food that makes me happy next time I go. Beautiful. Okay, Kate has her whole team, and it's looking strong. I have this all written down in front of me, and we can recap it <laughs> at the end. You got a good team here. It is a lot of food, though. You I mean, we weren't drafting to, like, eat this all in one night, but if we were, Kate's would be a fucking experience. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, I should have drafted a dessert, but maybe we'll do a drinks draft. Well, and- I'm, yeah, I'm, I am thinking along with you because for my final pick, I am going to pick a dessert and I also do kind of want to start some discourse because I do think people have some takes about this, but for my final pick, I am taking Dippin' Dots. I really like Dippin' Dots. I think they're great. I think it's also like, it's a ballpark thing for me. Like if I'm there and I want to get the whole experience, it's like, all right, time to get Dippin' Dots. For me, that's like a classic 
if I'm starting to lose interest in the game and it becomes more about just like a social thing, like talking to people and like just enjoying the company of my friends, then it's like, who wants Dippin' Dots, you know? And that's like, to me, that's the Dippin' Dots experience. It's not like something I will really seek out, but if I find myself getting a little antsy or want to just walk around, that's when I go seek out the Dippin' Dots. So that's going to be my final pick. I feel like people really hate them, though. I don't hate them. I just... I've lived a long time. I'm very old. And I've sure. seen a lot of food trends come and go. And I remember when Dippin' Dots arrived on the scene and I was like, I give this like a year, maybe two years, like for for the children, essentially, until they get tired of it. No, Dippin' Dots have hung in there strong. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. This might be like a, the Berenstein Bears thing. I don't know what my memory <laughs> of it is. It's the Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah. I thought that they actually did go out of business briefly and then came back. Am I crazy? Do I, John, do you remember this? I feel like there was yeah. a big uproar about Dippin' Dots Dip, going out of business. The, it is It is not quite that, but Dippin' Dots did file for bankruptcy. Um, okay. But they have absolutely come back. Um, there's... <laughs> At business.com, they've got an article from bankruptcy to booming. How yeah. Dippin' Dots went from bankruptcy to $330 million in annual uh, revenue. So Does the article uh, just say baseball stadiums? <laughs> I must be. I mean, yeah. It, but, uh, yeah. they. I, I'm fully on board with, with Matthew on this one. I, Dippin' Dots are, I don't think I've ever had them anywhere other than at Safeco Field slash the yeah. Bubble Park and I have no desire to but like you know sometimes you just want that weird I feel like I see them sensation. in airports too right yeah. they're in airports oh, but it's also that like, is a like, wild concept <laughs> yeah but like that I like the idea I don't know the idea that I couldn't at any moment just hurl my cup of Dippin' Dots in any direction and get rid of them is unappealing to me like the idea that i couldn't just walk and like chuck the like con- contents out to the train tracks and then just like i'm done with this like i made a mistake unacceptable that's the only i need that like freedom when i'm consuming dip and dots so like i'm enjoying this i'm enjoying this no yeah i mean yeah like you, it's more of about the experience and i truly don't even think you can buy them in a store so it's like this is my only chance yeah. for dip and you for cannot one feature. of the things i'm learning is that home freezers including chest freezers do not get cold enough nor do commercial like in target whatever freezers get cold enough in order to preserve the structural integrity of the Dippin' Dots. Mm-hmm. Right, and that is the most important part. <laughs> it's really like a novelty act more than anything else. Right. But it works on me. Also, to point out, like, just to tie this all together, I was absolutely one of those children who they were targeting when <laughs> it came out, and it still, it still works on me. <laughs> I just wonder, like, why does T-Mobile slash Safeco have freezers that are capable of keeping Dippin' Dots? Co- like, what are they keeping in there? Like... Eric Bedard like what are, <laughs> what are these chest freezers was this where Nelson Cruz took his naps is this why Nelson Cruz is, is what he is I have questions great points great points all around if anyone has dirt on Dippin' Dots you know where to find us but let's finish this up with John's final pick what are you going with baby so I'm I want to confirm something before I okay. drop a lot of shade on Kate Ooh. Ooh. Did they get rid of the dirty tots? They did. Okay. 
I mean, they brought them back for a while, uh, but they were not as good. And then I don't think that they were at the ballpark in 2019. Okay. If I am not mistaken. I think that's correct. Yeah. Because that was, I could not believe that that was not called out, but I thought I remembered that those might have disappeared. So I'll give a pass on that. I will say the closest approximation that I had found and why I was confused is while Paseo is overpriced, and the bang for the buck on the sandwich, I'm not so sure about. Mm-hmm. They do a version of functionally dirty tots that is absolutely fabulous. It is more expensive than the dirty tots, but if you're just yeah. feeling that like, man, I want something ultra greasy, give me some tater tots, but also with pulled like delicious pulled pork and like crema and all this good stuff is i mean we're going back kind of to like the you know the fries that i liked for round one but like these are a few dollars more expensive so the bang for the buck is worse but at the same time like it's really good it's it's no great great fourth round pick that's perfect you know because i don't think any of us get it very often but for the very last pick in the draft that's excellent once once or twice and it, it but it would be like i think that is a classic also like the Mister Irrelevant of the draft. Absolutely. Well, because it's like, like I thought about this and I thought about Dim Tai Fung, and it's like I like Dim Tai Fung. I'm never going to pay for Dim Tai Dim Tai Fung at never once at Safeco or T-Mobile. If someone else has, you know, is is spending, oh for sure for sure yeah absolutely. But like the cost benefit there is just not quite lined up. And, and that's well, I think also I mean, if you know what the, the experience sandwich, is, right? like it's the same thing. It's like the crab sandwich is delicious. But like I'm not gonna spend nineteen twenty dollars. Yeah, that's okay. It is ridiculous. It is my mom's favorite thing though, and she goes to games so infrequently that right. she always gets the crab sandwich. Well, and that's, I'm I always happy to take a that. bite of it. Yeah, I've never had that. I've never been to the crab place, and I was gonna it's ask really if good. any of you had ever been. It's really okay. good. It's just not worth five to ten dollars more than. You know, right. You will not get full on the crab sandwich. I mean, the cheese isn't that special. Like, it's just not special enough. I think you're paying for the crab, basically. That's that's the other thing, Kate. Is like it is not quite. I mean, I'm. I like to eat a lot, and especially when I go to a ballpark, (laughs) I drink, and then I am very hungry. Like, I want to eat quite a bit. I'll get El Camion, and then I might get, you know, a fucking big cheese in the seventh inning. But like. You can put away an impressive amount of. It takes a lot to keep that very large engine running. Exactly, exactly. I have, I have a hemi. Coal hidden, must hidden be shoveled into col- it. Yeah, I, my colon is part <laughs> hemi. Um, but uh, you gotta, you gotta. I mean, you, it sucks so bad to get something that's incredibly overpriced, and you know it's overpriced, and then you're still hungry afterwards. Because then it's like, well, what am I gonna get to? actually be full like bad fries by themselves like it's just the answer to that if you're broke by the way it's i didn't draft either of these things but if we had gone over or if there was like a you know the five dollar fifteen dollars to draft your whatever like the one dollar choices would i think be the pretzel i like a pretzel which is just i mean it's just gonna make space in your stomach it's not an yeah. enjoyable eating experience or anything I, we can get some mustard I, and the I corn really dog wish. on the third level uh also a good filler upper yes I somehow really the corn wish. dog is more filling to me than just a regular hot dog 
No, I think it makes sense. I do really wish there was like a gourmet, huge uh, pretzel. Like, oh yeah, option that would be amazing because I would pay like twelve dollars for a fucking like big for the pretzel. giant one with like the yeah. gouda cheese sauce yeah, or exactly. beer cheese like, sauce I'm or something. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that shit. We're giving you ideas, T-Mobile. Yeah, you've had a whole year to prepare. Also, <laughs> yeah. We we yeah we we had Eric Rivera on. He gave his whole spiel, his whole angle. We're here, you know, similar level of quality and expertise uh, in right. terms of culinary excellence. Absolutely. I love also that none of us picked hot dogs, peanuts, or cracker jacks. Take that, boomers! You don't <laughs> give a fuck about what you want to eat. Yeah. I do will say out of those three though, I like I like peanuts every now and again. Yeah. I will I also like the process, you know? Yes. It feels totally. it's just fun to do with your hands. Yeah. It's, and it's throw them on the floor. Yeah, totally. There's so few times you get to throw stuff on the floor. <laughs> I'm looking at my board and I realize that I think the thing that I've eaten more than anything else at the ballpark went undrafted because it is unremarkable, but I think I've eaten just the chicken tenders more than anything else. Yeah. Cause I've, you know, starting as a child with a pretty unrefined <laughs> palate yeah. to also now when I'm like lazy, if I'm like near the chicken tenders and everything else is far away, I'll just get those. Cause it is like, it works, you know, it'll yeah. get you there, but it's not it'll like great. It will. Well, you just get enough dips and then you're like, fuck it. I'm tasting different things. Like, whatever. Like, I put some ranch on this one. I put some ketchup on this one. What? It's a different experience. No. Like, uh, And uh, if we were going to draft drinks, we would all just draft the cask beer stand behind home plate, right? The one with the massive pours. The one with like the massive pours of yeah. like 13% alcohol. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's, I mean... For me, that is always stop one when I get into the ballpark if it's not happy hour. Otherwise, I go to the pen and I go to the Jack Daniels bar or whatever, a heritage bar, whatever it is that particular season, uh, which tends to have like some interesting, more interesting beers than what's in the pen. Unless it's a morning game and then I get and it's like August and then I get the summer shandy, a breakfast beer, and it's delightful. Fuck, I want to sure. go to a baseball game. <laughs> God damn it. You know what I like, too, that's so visibly a scam? But if it is really hot, like if it's a day game and I'm like directly in the sun, I love the lemonade that's just yeah, the, water with a lemon in it. Yeah. <laughs> the giant lemon sitting in it. That uh, Maybe maybe the issue is you're like expected to squeeze it, and that's why they leave it in there. No, that they- lemon is in there to take up space. It's yeah, so it's, funny. It's, it's, it's like visually the funniest thing to me. It's sixty percent lemon, thirty percent <laughs> ice, ten percent like any other flavor. And somehow forty percent water still on top of all that. Because yeah. <laughs> any time you get it, it like melts within a yeah. minute and a half. I like, will say the spiked lemonade is stronger than I expected. The one that's in the pen. Um, I don't think I've had it. Uh, it's it's um I mean it's spiked to the point of maybe being just a little unpleasantly strong tasting, but so that a, is another really drink. good like day wrecker if you drink that out in the sun for a, a day game. Beautiful. Well, shout out to T-Mobile Park. We hope to see you soon and all of your bountiful food options. Uh, I'll do a quick recap here. 
John went first and took the nacho fries from Edgar's. Then he went with the big cheese just as a stand. Their Texas toast grilled cheese got a special shout out. Then he went Shugs. Is it Shugs or Shugs? Is it like a Shug night thing? I like, Shug, like sugar. Like, like, hey, Shug. Okay. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. So John took that place with the, the ice cream slash Prosecco floats slash Afogado. And then the Paseo's version of the Dirty Tots, which we all agreed. Great fourth round pick. Probably going to get them once a season, if that. John just picked carbs. <laughs> like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was honest. He kept saying that with every pick. Like, I want to get full. I can eat a lot. We love the honesty. I don't want to buy two things. Like, I want to buy one thing and then just spend the rest of my time getting up, getting, going to the bathroom and then getting more beer. I'm the same way. I want to buy one food thing and spend the rest of my allotted budget on drinks. So I went second. I took the Vogie Hoagie, the garlic fries, uh, Little Woody's cheeseburger, hamburger situation, all-American food stand, and then Dippin' Dots, arguably the best pick of the whole draft. Kate, who went last very kindly, took the mac and cheese from the club level, which I think for like spot in the draft slash how good it is, probably the best pick of the whole thing. Would have been my next pick if after the Vogie Hoagie. Then she got the Fats Chicken Sandwich, also a great pick. Uh, followed by the cuckoo fries and the grand salami sandwich. I will say, Kate, you have a very top-heavy draft, but those first two might change your whole franchise. Like, you really turned it around with those first <laughs> two picks. I mean, I I feel like even though I picked third, like, somehow I got the... the I, I took the chance and got, like, the prep power hitter who does... Uh, change the course of my entire... I got Jared Kelnick, and unlike the Mets, I will not trade him. So. <laughs> you, I, yeah, feel you like, I feel like I had the best. Other than I really did want like a sweet there at the end, but was unwilling to go for the donuts, which I think are too much, too, cost too much for what they are, which, to be right. fair, is how I feel about all donuts. They're fried dough. And everything at the, everything at the stadium also. Everything Besides at the, the $6 sta- boat is off as everything is overpriced. <laughs> Yeah, I just had I couldn't leave the grand salami just sitting there unclaimed. I I feel like this it's too good a sandwich. I'll figure out a place to play him, but I I I think I had the best draft. We would love for you to vote in the comments who had the best draft. Right, and shout out whatever uh, you like. If we didn't get to it, we didn't take anything from Ivers. I also noticed I like the clams, but not enough to be a, in the top four. You know, oh, but I'll eat those. Yeah, I didn't pick the bread bowl, which is another, which would oh, have also been on there. Which is that's a another carb tastic choice. Yeah, you're like yeah. Jack Z with right-handed power hitters only eat <laughs> carbs. <laughs> okay. The main, the only challenge of the bread bowl is like the first half to three quarters is great, and then you have cold chowder and cold wet bread. Yes, <laughs> and, or, and if they or, just let me like bring a micro, like bring it back and microwave it, <laughs> five stars, number one pick. But I don't think that's kosher. That can also be a really tricky carry through a crowded concourse. Yeah. Absolutely, really we should have hand. thought about yeah. that. No, the, think of the, it. the 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 clam chowder and the bread bowl is absolutely a Tuesday night in like april game you know that that's a yeah. special for that 100 percent. but yeah like we said uh send us your picks in the comments or on twitter let us know uh who you think has the best team slash what you would have picked and hopefully we can do this in real life soon oh um, my gosh we, we picked this to kind of satiate your lack of ballparkness um and make everyone feel like they can at least virtually attend 
a sort of food event at Safeco Field. We didn't really replicate a game very well, but the <laughs> act of sitting still and putting stuff in your face could be handled pretty well. So thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back hopefully with news. I say this. I feel like every time I end this show, I'm like, we'll be back next week with this. And it's never that. Like, I need to stop <laughs> previewing what we're going to do because it never actually happens. We'll be back next week with more vamping while we wait for the Mariners to do something more exciting than sign Chris Flexen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But thank you as always for listening. We would love if you subscribed and uh, until next time. Goodbye. Bye. See you at the park in 2021. We hope. We hope. I do what I do like I do it for TV. I guess what I'm doing, I'm doing the key. Shoes on my feet sweeter than sweet peas. So you sucker MCs really can't outstep me. I grab a mic, I rock it from nine to five. Self-employed, kicking pick is my hobby and job. Easy rock piece with bass ladies calling me Rob. I'm on my 88 shit. Cuban link chains and gazelle frame lens. Guest jeans, stone wash, rocking top 10 kits. Flicking on my fit, I got my foot looking like an 88 draft.